0: Hello. This is the Milwaukee Logic Podcast with Nick Hoftel and Ben Holt. Howdy. Not related to Steve Holt from Arrested <laughs> Development, obviously. I did get that all the time, though. I'm sure you did. Did you, did you like do you do the thing with your hands like Ben Holt? You know, you do funny, that. You know what's funny about that is I got I never watched Arrested Development for the first couple like two seasons or something like that. I didn't start would, watching until about five years after it was over. Yeah, I didn't. So like people would come up to me while it was going on and go like. Steve Holt or Ben Holt or whatever, and like by the third or fourth or fifth person, I was like, all right, what the what fuck are is you going doing on? <laughs> Like, What is happening? Why, like, completely different world people would come up to me. And then in the new season, they reveal his dad or something, and his name is Dave Holt, and that's my dad's name, so I just thought that was kind of funny. That's interesting. That's interesting. So as we've established, Ben is not from Roasted Development, and neither am I, but nobody ever would have thought that. Ben and I are both homeowners in the Milwaukee area. We are pretty plugged into well, most of in what's West going Dallas, on. Yeah. West Dallas is Milwaukee Dirty area. Stallas, yeah. Dirty Stalice. Well, gentrification happens one day at a time. That's true. That's true. Absolutely. Uh, we both own uh, duplexes and are renting out the other half for income reasons. So we're kind of similar in that regard. Our political viewpoints are not the same, but they're not... I don't believe, extraordinarily dissimilar, so we'll make for some interesting discussion. We're going to be talking about, probably a lot about the Bucks. I'd say, like, basketball is probably, like, my number one love, football being a close second. I'd say, reverse for me, yeah. basketball is a new love for me. A new Football's love. Football's been my long-time love. And basketball's been so depressing for so long, I and know. that makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's not that uncommon. It's been the last five years I've really gotten into basketball. I've always kind of followed it, but football's number one. It'll always be number one. So, like, starting, what, starting with the Fear of the Deer year? Uh, honestly, you're probably going to hate me for saying this, but Le- LeBron James got me into basketball. I loved watching LeBron James. I okay, mean, so that's like, I mean, that was 12 years ago or whatever. I just slowly throughout his career got me into it. I always kind of watched the Bucks, but, like, I would be Buc-centric. NBA as a whole, yeah. he got me into it, man. I just loved watching it. That's cool. Um, I mean, superstars, definitely dry fans. I mean, it brings people in and expands the game, so that's cool. Um, what's weird to me is like how international the NBA has gotten versus like football has not caught on whatsoever globally. Yeah. It's so weird to me. What do you think the what do you think the reason behind that cuz I do have a theory on that. Oh, uh, I just, I really don't know. I mean, well, there's a couple of reasons. Like one thing the NBA has been very aggressive about expanding and they've been very open about just allowing people to share content and images yeah. and game footage. There's and so much better about that than the NFL. They basically their attitude is basically we want as many people to see our game and how exciting it is as possible. And if once they do that, they're gonna spend money at our events on, you know, whatever. We're gonna get advertising and we're gonna make money that way. I have never understood some of the moves that the NFL does in regards to censoring some of their product. Like, I remember reading something, I think it was the last year or two, where they were they going to say they were going to shut down people posting vines of the NFL. Yeah. And the NBA's done the exact opposite. They've embraced that. They've essentially said anyone that's sharing content is a fan, and they can create more fans. Yep. Why is the NFL – like, the NFL has an advantage because they have a once-a-week product. Mm-hmm. I mean – I know it's on You're court. not oversaturating. Yeah, it's not oversaturating. It's very simple to follow. You have 16 games a year. It's a fun product and all that stuff. But I think as a whole, the NBA runs itself much better. They just don't have the same quality product, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Probably true. Um, there's just so many more games that don't matter. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest problem that they have, and I think that... This whole super team thing, like, you go back, it kind of started with LeBron going, obviously, to Miami. And, I don't know, like, there are instances of super of superstars just teaming up before that. I mean, usually you always saw old players who are still good going to a good team for... To a contender. The veteran, veteran minimum, and that's been going on forever. Yeah. The Spurs usually get a discount. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great run. That's a great run. I mean... I don't know the, the whole super team thing. I feel like has been around a lot longer than people say. But you're right. It did kind of start with LeBron, where someone in their peak going to a team to make them, you know, an ultra team. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, like like the Bulls, the, the Showtime Lakers. The I mean, there's been super teams in the past. There's been teams with top, you know, a couple top ten players on the same team. But it kind of happened organically, or you know, luck, or however you, you say it, or whatever. But You're right, LeBron going, picking, like hand-picking. Like hey Chris Bosch, let's go yeah. team up with Dwayne Wade. Texting his buddy D Wade, and being like, yeah, let's do this. Let's do this. This is gonna happen. Yeah. We're gonna win a bunch of championships. Kind of it's gonna something. be great. Yeah. We're gonna win, win, win. We're gonna get. You're gonna get so sick of us winning. It was kind of the Donald Trump before Donald Trump was totally that <laughs> we actually cared about him. We just thought he was a funny guy in TV with also, weird hair. We're already, we're already switching to politics now. <laughs> I just, I just had to get that in there. Oh, and we'll get to that. But I got, I gotta ask you one real quick question because we started off the podcast and I said. Got so me the answer to your question is yes, he is going bald, and it's funny to me. Oh yeah, well, going bald, he went bald. <laughs> it's so fucking fake. <laughs> on commercials, you see him, he's got he's got perfectly lined up, and then you see him in game, and it's all gone. It's it, it's his great. His hairline changes like on like a, a daily basis. It's, it's I wonder how much of it's real at all. But anyways, so you had a question. Like that wasn't the real question. I don't know why he doesn't just shave it. I feel like in this day and age, he looked better with a shaved head man than just some fucked up hairline. Jordan didn't. Let's go here. I oh, don't. Did Jordan ever have here though? Yeah, his first NBA? make maybe three or four years. Yeah. Oh, okay. Not no. when he was winning championships for sure. Yeah. By the time 1990 rolled around, it was gone. What I was gonna ask was, uh, what do you? Because I started out the podcast saying, LeBron got me into the NBA," so yeah. immediately there's probably half. Well, people are hating listeners on listening to this, but yeah. Probably half the people that already heard me say that say, oh, fuck this guy, because he likes LeBron. (laughs) So what are your thoughts on LeBron? So there's definitely players that I cannot stand, that I think maybe have won, but don't make a team. LeBron, if you put him on... Okay, well, I'll answer your question, Like the short answer is, I don't love LeBron. I like LeBron. I don't love LeBron. I'm not going to... I mean, I was definitely cheering for him in the finals. Just because I was sick of hearing about Golden State, and (laughs) I got really – I keep wondering how long this would be before Stephen Curry just breaks, like physically in half, because he's so not strong and doesn't seem like he's built for the NBA game. He just got – he's so good at a few things. Do you think that's what it was in the finals, that he just couldn't – Got physically dominated. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, he just – he broke apart because – I mean, LeBron is just a better player. I mean, Stephen Curry is so much better than everybody else in the world at a few things, namely shooting, but LeBron has everything else. LeBron's a genetic freak. I mean, he's just... You're not supposed to be that big that fast. Like, everything he does is just... If you are going to, you know, create a player in NBA 2K, you know, and max everything to 99, that's what LeBron is. I mean, it's, like, unfair sometimes. Yeah, well, I mean, he has he certainly has weaknesses mm-hmm. to his game, but... I think he kind of mirrored something that um, Michael Jordan said when he was playing. And um, who was it? Drexler? Was it Drexler? I think it was Drexler. I'm not well, positive. Well, wait, 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 but wait. called him out and said that he's not that good of a three-point shooter. MJ is not a great three-point shooter. And MJ's response was, I'm as great of a three-point shooter as I feel like training myself to become. And I I think it's an important statement because, well, he was obviously a genetic freak as well. He made himself into a spectacular mid-range shooter and a spectacular defender when that wasn't really a part of his game, like, super early on. There's no doubt that Michael, like, I love LeBron, but I will always say Michael Jordan's the best of all time. And one of the reasons is, is because of that shit like that. Stories like that where somebody critiqued him and his response was like, all right, and I will become... The greatest, you know, like his competitive drive was. There's never he's so cutthroat. I, I
1: mean, think
0: that happened like the early '90s. You like you remember the play, the shoulder shrug. Yeah. <laughs> where it kind of goes like that. He puts his hands up and like kind of like I don't know. I guess I can hit threes. And that's that was in a in a series in the playoffs when they played against Portland. And it's just got to be Drexler. Else I'm gonna just be so embarrassed if it was somebody else. But whatever. Like, they were just, he was just killing them. He hit, like, yeah. a 7-3 in a game, and, I, like, he with barely any more attempts than that. And just after just calmly knocking one down, he turns and runs up the court and just shrugs his shoulders. Yeah. It's like, hey, guess what? I can shoot threes if I want to. So I think, like, LeBron's not a great three-point shooter. He has three-point range, but he's clearly spends so much time yeah. building other aspects of his game to be as much of a creator And to maintain that physical profile that he has, that's so insane. Like, he obviously spends the bulk of his time doing that. And three-point shooting is... You can get a 3 and D guy, park him around the perimeter... Spends the bulk of his time. And he can pass to that guy, and he can hit a three, and he can use that to space the floor so he can get to the basket. Okay. Which I think spacing... I think that's a big thing about what the NBA... But why it's better now than it used to be, is that with the rule changes, spacing is so critical now, and now, unless a team is playing a zone, you can totally take advantage of the teams in different ways, but having somebody who can just beat his man and cram the ball down the basket is much more difficult now, because you can play a zone. The illegal defense rule is gone. Which actually brings me to my next question, and sorry, because I feel like I let you get mm-hmm. a rabbit hole of random, tangential questions, but you just talked about spacing, mm-hmm. and the Bucks. The yes, we, we, this is Milwaukee logic. I, I'm sorry, I, I, I asked some random questions there. so this does... you just said spacing, and all I can think about is how excited I am to watch the Bucks this year because we got a bunch of big old boys, big-ass arm lengths. I mean, our spacing is going to be – it's weird. Like, our lineup is kind of weird. I'm not fully sure how it works. we got a bunch of tall – Dudes, so we got, we got Gian, Giannis, we got Thon, we got you know, like I, I, just don't know how this is gonna work, but I feel like it's going to. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's we'll, not your prototypical. We'll get to Thon. Um, I'm not convinced he's ever gonna be anything. Yeah, I but have said him Based and on, Giannis, by the way. I based on the summer out. league, I think that there's a definite possibility that he could, and I'm gonna focus on that possibility and have hope. But I think their lineup is gonna be very interesting. Um, last year the spacing was terrible yeah it was awful it was almost at times got painful to watch because Giannis wasn't comfortable shooting the three yet and Parker for whatever reason even though he has the ability just wasn't feeling it until late in the year and even then he still didn't want to take a lot of attempts really outside of Middleton and Bayless we didn't have a three point we didn't have anyone else to shoot threes so how do you think they used Giannis this year Because he was at his best last year when he was playing point. Oh, he's going to have to – I mean, based off of things that Jason Kidd has said and John Hammond said when he was getting interviewed in summer league, that's the role that he's going to continue to play. And executives and coaches say a lot of things that don't really mean a whole lot in public. And it's still July. And it's July, but – at that sound, uh, I think it's wor- it's uh, an <laughs> appropriate time to mention that one of the rules of Milwaukee logic is uh, anyone who is on the show is required to be drinking a beer the entire time. No. It is Milwaukee. It is a Milwaukee show. It is only appropriate that alcohol is consumed. Uh, I think that's a fair thing to point out, yeah. Absolutely. So if so the podcast can... will get better as we go on. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. That's the point of the podcast. Clearly, clearly. If we are talking about Ireland, maybe it will be Jameson involved. I don't know. <laughs> we're, we'll call Audibles as this uh, is a test run. I feel like, you know, I, I almost feel guilty that we're not drinking, you know, Milwaukee Brewing Company or you know, even something <laughs> Wisconsin. We're drinking Guinness right now. I feel like that's a that's a, a crime against our podcast. Maybe what we should be doing is going. It's okay. We should be doing like Brenner Brewing or Milwaukee Brewing Company here. We know. don't we don't have to be. Um, this is a test run. We don't have to be picky about our beers. Yeah, and it's Guinness. It's good beer. Maybe that'd be a good be a theme Milwaukee though beer. to set. Like, do a different local one. There's so many. There's so many in Milwaukee. It could be a call-out. Any given time, we'll say today we're drinking, you know, whatever Milwaukee mm-hmm. Ale Asylum beer, Milwaukee I Brewing Company Paps beer. The I mean, I know there's Pabst. <laughs> used to be a Milwaukee beer. Absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, uh, the Buck spacing, how they're gonna use Giannis. I see him. He's running the point. Like, he's obviously not a point guard, but he's running the point from whatever position it is that he has. That's what he's going to be doing. And the advantage for him is when he's playing off ball, he struggled because his man would stay off of him and then close it out on him tight when he did get the ball. And it was very difficult for him to operate. But when he was racing up the court or initiating the offense at the top of the key with the ball, his man would be way off of him. And it, that was better because your man playing off of you does two things. A, it allows you to shoot, which he didn't want to do very much. Mm-hmm. But B, it opens up passing lanes. And that's what he was able to take advantage of the most. He could scream by somebody, use his little Euro step, and either get to the basket or find an open man. And since they didn't have many shooters, that open man was often... Parker working the baseline or Plum lead setting a pick and then just crash like pick and crash crashing towards the yeah. rim, and that which, was which by the way I know that I've heard a decent amount of people upset with his new contract, but I actually am really glad they resigned. Him. <sighs> I, I know it's a lot of money, man, but when you look at the new NBA, it's it's a contract that his acumen it's just look it sounds it's better insane. than the Mozgov deal. Oh God! It's yeah. better than the Ryan Anderson deal. It's not four for eighty. It's what the NBA is now, man. I mean, you just got to get used to the new numbers. It sounds insane how much money he's going to make. You got to play a guy who makes that kind of money 24 minutes a game. Him and Henson have to be splitting those 48 minutes. Monroe has to be gone, obviously. Yeah. Do you think do you think they're getting rid of him? I mean, I think they should. I mean, at this point, they will give him away for nothing if somebody were to want him. Which, uh, by the way, me and my brother were laughing about this. One of the biggest losers of this free agency, because there are so many people getting rich. That I'm not saying they don't deserve it, but it's just timing is everything when it comes to contract stuff. Uh, O.J. Mail. Oh man, getting suspended for two years in this free agency period, the exploding cap period. Dude, that guy would have got paid. I'm not, and I went to a bunch of Bucks games last year, and I could not. Stand when he was on the court. I thought he was a negative to the when to the he team. He was absolutely, but he would have got paid. I mean, Kent Bazemore, Bazemore got like seventy or what was it, forty or fifty million dollars. Or like was a better player, but I'm just saying he would have got the, the tens of millions of dollars from losing. Media. Yes, he, he would have got least of his problems right now. I know. I'm just saying it's a bad time to get suspended for two years because in two years the CBA comes back up. I mean. It's a bad time for him. Whatever it is that he's into, I just hope he doesn't end up dead. Yeah. Cause this isn't this isn't smoking marijuana or taking some designer steroids that he's suspended for. Are the exact details? I don't even know what they don't know what it is, but nobody gets caught the kind of for that stuff. The kind of suspension that he got what is is a major drug of vice. Not since Birdman. Because there have been, like, somebody... I know. Gosh, what a crazy... <laughs> I know. No, like, like, I can't remember the last... NBA players do not get the drug suspension much. Like, I, you very rarely hear about that shit. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, you always hear stories about Dennis Robin going between playoff games to, to yeah. Las Vegas and doing just a mountain to blow. Oh, there's a rich history of cocaine in the NBA. I mean, they, they go together, especially in the 80s and 90s. Uh, I mean, yeah, that goes without saying. Well, I mean, there's, there's, and this is, there's nothing to do with cocaine, but one of my favorite stories that I've always believed, and I don't know if it's true or not, is that famous Jordan flu game. Yeah. He had nothing, like, he did not have the flu, he was just really hung over, because there's stories <laughs> of him, like, there's stories of him in the finals going out and partying with, like, his team and stuff like that, and, like, the, the flu game that is, like, one of his great, you know, finals things that he pushed through. There are so many rumors that he was just hung over as hell, but he just... Was Michael Jordan and just and decided, powered through it? Yeah, just decided to be awesome. Did a couple of bumps and gotten in got into the game. <laughs> Absolutely. Knows, so I mean, where do you see? So obviously, like the additions that we made, that the Bucks made. Uh, so I'm gonna be totally honest. Before we drafted him, I knew nothing of Thon Maker. I, Or very little. So he, I, I don't see him as a rotation player at this point. So I would, like, next year. wins and losses this year, like, our, like I'm more interested in our free agency additions, like Matthew Dellavedova. I like the belly. What about Mirza Toledovich? I like that one, too. Again, both of these ones, when you look at the numbers, I think your immediate instinct is like, huh? But comparatively to what? See, th- I think they're fair deals. That's what I'm saying. I, I think, they're think a lot team of people, friendly deals. like I, like I said, I, I work for a sports radio station, so I hear okay. all this stuff about people calling in and be like, "What the hell? Dell? should not be getting this money. You should not be getting this much money." And I understand when you compare it to previous, but the cap went up thirty percent. I mean, I think they're very team friendly deals. I feel like both of them are contributors. They're, look, they're not stars. They're role players. Mm-hmm. They're getting paid like stars in the old, CB, like the old contract settings. They're, I feel like Delhi is a good teammate. You they're somehow. making an analogous amount, what would have been six and a half million last year. Yeah. Which is very fair. Very fair. Very fair. You have to take off a third of whatever their contract is to like think about it compared to some of the people that are playing now. The best thing is I think they're worth more to the bucks when it comes to fit than they would be worth or er, say Delhi to the Chaos or something. That. he'll be more yeah. important to the, to the other box. than those two teams where you have a ball dominant um non-point guard where else is he that important where else is he that valuable i mean yeah he's kind of carved a nice little niche in the nba for like being a good role player i mean he's got that first off i think he's everything i've ever heard read about him and seen him on the court he's a he's not someone that like you like playing against he's a hustle player he's a good teammate like he's not like a great shooter, but he's good at defense. Like I mean, he's a 40% three-point shooter. It's legit. 40, 40%? Yeah, absolutely. He's he's a legit three-point shooter. He's not gonna shoot the volume that say Tlalitevich shoots. Which... That being said, though, isn't he like really bad on the inside, like mid-range shots? I remember reading some stat about him like being actually pretty bad at mid-range shots. I don't like want he's... those anyway. Who cares? Well, I know. I know in the new NBA. I'm just saying. I think. Uh, it's it's interesting, but I think he's like a, I think he's like statistically he's a better three point shooter than mid range shooter. His overall field goal percentage is quite bad, so that would make sense. Okay. But I mean, we did not sign the Bucks did not sign him to shoot no no Monte Ellis Monte have it all shots kind of the twenty two foot contested fadeaway two point shot that clangs off yeah, you fair. know the front of the rim. That's not what we brought him in, but in his. The vast majority of his shots are going to be catch and shoots. I don't know. When and I look at it, line. two years ago we made the playoffs. Last year was obviously kind of a letdown. Uh, How bad was that offseason last year? Can you have every single, any, just think about it. In an entire offseason, all the things that a basketball team does and every single thing was an absolute disaster. From signing Monroe. To drafting Vaughn, to trading away. Do you, you don't like Vaughn? I like Vaughn. He should have stayed in college longer. Yeah, I'll give you that. He was so not ready. I don't like. I, look, I don't know enough about Vaughn to like speak about him expertly. But going to games, that dude can shoot. I'm not saying that he's going to be a star or something like that, but like it's always not bad to have someone coming off your bench that just can. <laughs> Like, I just feel every time I watch him, I felt like I was confident when he'd come in to hit some threes. Like, he'd come in every game, I feel like I saw him come in and hit two or three threes, which is never bad for a young off the bench player to do. So, his percentage is a ter- terrible. It was, I mean, it's <laughs> not like it's not MCW bad. Okay. But it's only about, I want to say 3%. But he shot like 30% from three last okay. year, um, roundabout there. So,. It's not good. Okay. But, um, like you see him sh- shooting in an open gym. Like you watch him warming up. Yeah, and we'd see him do some warm ups and stuff. I mean, he can can threes, and yeah. he looks, his form looks outstanding. Maybe it was just the, the games I went to. And he was on those nights or something like that. I remember a lot of games where he would just, he'd nail a couple. There were some games where he would get into no his zone, and he would make, you know. I remember there was one game, I think it was when they played the Thunder. They lost that game pretty badly. Uh, uh, he made, God, I want to say like he made like nine points in a row between the, uh, both teams. Cause yeah. He went back and forth, and he just hit like three. And me and my brother were just standing up, I remember was this watching guy that game? Re- legit or something like that. That game was frustrating to watch. There's a real chance that he can develop into a solid rotation player, Yeah. know. Um, but ba- if uh, if summer league is any indication, we're not going to see that this year yet. He's probably more than a year away. And there's I'm am at this point I'm saying there's probably a 60% chance that he doesn't play out his contract. He's out of the NBA before his rookie deal is over. But mm-hmm. there's that other 40% chance in which he continues to improve yeah. and he's a 40% three-point spot-up three-point shooter. Look, I'm not cheerleading for the guy. I'm not saying that I think he's going to be the next big thing. I just <clears throat> I feel like the two things that I've always thought about the NBA that I feel like are underappreciated is what's the what's the word that's hot right now. I always hear Charles Barkley and the others. They talk about like the people off your bench or whatever. And I know that's like a cliche thing, but like, yeah. it's, it's one of the reasons why Golden State's been so good the last 2 years. And I, I'll be curious to see when they lose some of those people how good they'd be. But the other thing is team chemistry and I feel like the Bucks have that. I feel like they Last year it was a rough start. They didn't but, have it last year. They didn't have it last year, but I I remember listening to some interviews with like John Henson and stuff when they missed the playoffs and all that stuff, and he talked about how optimistic he was moving forward, about how they said that they felt like they worked out a lot of the kinks. You know, a lot of it had to be with Giannis taking over at the point. Like, they had a ton of mistakes last year, but they're a young-ass team, man. Like, you need that that throat-clearing year. You know what I mean? The mistakes, I don't know if they're mistakes so much as it seemed like Jason Kidd broke the year into 10 game stretches, increment, yeah. incremental experiments. And he would try different things. He'd try, okay, we're going to try point juice, O.J. Mayo. We're going to throw him out of the point and take MCW off the bench. We're going to start Miles Plumlee. And we're going to just play him a lot of minutes and have him crash towards the basket with Giannis at point guard. Just playing Giannis at point guard. Like, apparently, to start out the season... That's something that he wanted to do, and he didn't think that Giannis was ready to start out the season. And kind of to, to speak to, to give credit to Giannis as a player, during the course of the season, while you're getting ready for games, he improved that area enough that Jason Kidd was ready to go. Okay, yeah, now you're ready to take this chance. Now we can, we can, now we can try that experiment, see how that works. And the result of all those experiments there were. We saw a lot of things not work at all, but we found, and that identified what the Bucks needed. Yeah, They needed some really not exciting dudes who could stand around the three-point line, shoot threes, and play some decent defense. But I feel like that's one of the reasons why I don't fully feel like, even though last year was a letdown, I don't think it was necessarily a bad thing. Because I think with a young team like that... It had to happen. Yeah, it needed to happen because, like, there's no way they're going to win the championship last year. You needed that year where he had the balls to at least figure out what his team is. And they added some things, you know, they're going to probably lose some things. And I feel like you need that ex- experimental year, you know. Like, I look at a couple years before the Warriors were the Warriors. I mean, like, I feel like there was a couple years like that with uh, Mark Jackson where he did that, where he was kind of trying things figuring out. Figuring it out. Yeah. I mean, I, all of a sudden it just, like, they figured it out, and ironically Steve Kerr came in there, and it just kind of clicked. But they had, like, the core. They had the nucleus. And I feel like the Bucks have that nucleus. Like, I feel like they have that – they have the talent that you need to be a great team. They haven't quite figured it out yet, but they had that experimental year last year where they worked out a lot of the kinks and issues. I mean, some of these players just need a couple more years. Their two best players are 21 years old. Exactly. You just need a couple more years. Like, unless you're, you know, the all-time great or something like that, you're not going to figure it out your first year or two in the NBA. They just drafted a guy who's two and a half years older than their <laughs> two stars. In the second round. I mean, that's just think about that. Malcolm Brogdon has a master's degree in public policy. I also love that pick, by the way. I don't know anything that's about That's inspired. What's that? It's inspired. There's no way around it. It's okay. a great pick. Perfect pick. Perfect pick. And everything I've heard about the dude is, and who knows, like how, I, I'm not speaking anything about knowing his, like, basketball acumen or whatever. I've heard some great things in summer league or whatever. But apparently he's, like, an all-time locker room guy. Like, Super good leader, super you know, just chemistry guy. I feel like those are the type of people you need, you know, on the five, six, seven, eight, nine uh, position play, players that like really make a great team. And if you get a team full of those, man, I, I feel like the Bucks are a year, maybe two, within really clicking. Like I think they'll be a playoff team this year. I don't know. Like well, let me ask you that. Like what? Where do you see them this year? So. Barring this depends knowledge. on yeah. – like, yeah, assuming a normal amount of injury yeah. where all of your key players play more than 70 games, let's say, mm-hmm. more than 75 games, let's say. Like, yeah. any of them can miss seven games, and I think that that was still a healthy year. Um, if they're missing 30 games, we're screwed. So barring that to any of the key players, the big three, obviously, and no more than one or two of the other guys at a time <clears> – <throat> This has to be a winning team. It has to be a playoff team. See, I. The East is better than it was. It's much better than it was. I think the East has been underlooked a little bit. So, all right, you obviously got Cleveland. Uh,. I don't think Toronto will be as good as they were, but I still I think, think Toronto's a, a pretty Toronto's team. Toronto's going to take a step back. I think Indiana's Boston, Boston gonna be is cool. going to take a tremendous step yeah, forward. Boston will be good. I'm not a believer in Indiana. You're not, okay. I'm not a believer in Indiana. Do you think they're not even like a playoff team? No, they're a playoff team. Okay. So we have four playoff teams right there. Plus, um, maybe Indiana's not in that higher echelon, but they could be a seven seed or something like that. Where do you see Detroit. I think Detroit's up and coming, so that's five. Do you see Washington getting back into the playoffs, assuming that Bradley Beal is healthy? I don't know, man. They have the Ernie Grunfeld thing, and that's always the wild card, because he could wake For- up one day and be like, you know what? You remember that I had Darv, I got Darvin Ham that one time with the Bucks, and now I think he's like trying to be an assistant coach. Let's try him out and pay him a, like a player, make him a player again, and pay him ten million dollars. You never know what he's going to do. He's going to do something crazy. He went and got a, a center Brown. who was six foot six and didn't have any any ACLs who, and signed him to a big contract. But who who are those? Not a big contract. Who but. are those people that are they're going to trade for? Like, I guess maybe Russell Westbrook will be available if they are going to pull that trigger. Maybe Blake Griffin. I don't know if either of them would go to Washington. Uh, who are the other people that are like possibly going to leave their court? Like the, the players that are not signed or they could possibly get traded. The big names. LeBron's Brown's not going anywhere. K.D. Steph Clay, anyone on Golden State is not going anywhere. Chris Paul is not going anywhere. Blake Griffin is, I think, I think Blake Griffin and Russell Wilson are the only two that, like, I could see when the season starts till the trade deadline, you know, star game-changing type players could be on a different team. Are you asking just in relation to um, Washington, or just in general? Who's just gonna in move general? On? So I'm pretty convinced that L.A. the Clippers are going to break up. I don't think that's much longer than breaking up. I think that Blake Griffin does not help you win games. I'm kind of with you on that. I think that Chris Paul is a spectacular point guard, and Blake Griffin will fill up the box score, but not move the needle a lot when it comes to games. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of. He has short arms. He can jump a lot, but when it comes to doing the the non sexy things. He's be, not as good. I'd be curious to see him on a couple teams. Like, I feel like Blake Griffin doesn't really work with the Clippers. I'm not really. Sh- I feel like Blake Griffin's got the athletic acumen that. He's know. gonna put up sick numbers wherever he goes. He's gonna get a lot There's of. There's a attention. way to use him. I'm not really sure what it is. Like he's Well, so- the Clippers are using him exactly the way he needs to be used. Like he has. He's got one of the best defensive centers in the NBA to play next to him to clean up for him. And to get a boltload of rebounds, because he's not an amazing rebounder. Yeah, which is kind of surprising. He has a ton of spacing around him, so he doesn't have to be a three-point shooter. So that deficiency is he is be covered up. His arms are short, so having DeAndre Jordan at the center uh, center position is very important because he can't protect the rim. He just jumps really high, As a play- and he's strong, and he's got other skills, but. I don't know, as, a, as a basketball fan, I'd kind of like to see Russell or Blake go to the Celtics just to see how that would work. As a Bucks fan, I don't want that to happen. That, okay, uh, you, you made the point that he has to be used in the right way. He would work on the Celtics. That's he a, would yeah. work spectacularly I well on the, the Celtics. I think the Celtics would be a good landing spot for him. So, like, we talk about how Delvadova Del has more value for the Bucks and the Cavaliers than he would at almost any other team in the league. Maybe Houston, if they weren't being run by insane, crazy people, he would work there next to Harden. Um, I mean, they have Beverly. They don't need him. Like Beverly does all those things, too. He he plays good perimeter defense and shoots a three um, and can play off the ball. But um, Blake would work very well in Boston. They have such good guard play, such good perimeter defense. They just got Horford. Now they have Horford, which not a rim protector. No. But positionally, a good big man defender. And I think... Brad Stevens is like an amazing coach, a really good coach, a mad genius, Greg Popovich, you know, like 0.9, again, Greg Popovich, and I'm sorry, tell me if I'm doing this too much because I feel like I go off on tangents all the time, but who are like your, and I kind of want to ask you this about NBA and NFL, but who are you like your top three or five coaches? Because I I always, I'm always curious about, there's always a couple obvious ones. Well obviously for like both sports, the top two coaches of either sport are gonna be Popovich and Belichick. Yeah. Hate Belichick. Yeah. But you can't deny. A mega douche, but he is an unbelievable coach. They're the same person. And you can't deny their success. Their success is contingent on a player. Both of them. And building not contingent on, but that was like the most important thing that they did. Why? How can you not say that? I mean Belichick did go eleven and five with fucking Matt Castle. Oh, he built an insane team around it. But I know that, but I'm just saying I then they didn't even make the playoffs this year that year, which is crazy. But he went eleven and five with Matt Castle. Look, Tom Brady I I understand all the hate for Belichick and the Patriots and stuff like that, but like I think he's one of the best quarterbacks of all time. It still is very impressive to me that he went eleven and five with Matt Castle. And Matt Castle's terrible. Yeah. he never really started bad. Did he start a single game in college? I don't think he started any games in college. I don't know if he started... Yeah. I mean, I've seen him start a couple games on the Vikings and, the Chiefs and stuff like that, and he was terrible. Palmer and then Liner, right? Yeah. At USC. That sounds right. It sounds right because it is right. Okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 yeah. No, I mean, that's, that's certainly impressive, but they had built this juggernaut. It's kind of the thing where him and... Greg Popovich, they both do they both are able GMs. They're both able executives in addition to coaches. And they're great at finding just that that unsexy player, that unexciting guy who's gonna play a particular role extremely well and then puts them in that position where they can do what they're really good at and then not have to do other things and get exposed. I think a lot of that is organizationally too. Like I'm constantly impressed by you know, people talk about bad GMs or bad coaches or something. I've come to realize in professional sports, a lot of it comes to flexibility of the owner. Like, it comes down to organizationally how things are run. Like, there's yeah. no way you can be... There's, there's, It's not a coincidence... Are you saying though, there's a reason why Johnny Manziel got drafted by the Browns? Yes. It just fits. Yeah, it, it fits. It makes... Of course he did. There's a reason why the Lions have won one playoff game ever in their existence. There's a reason why Jay Cutler is playing for the Bears. Yes, there's a lot of reasons for a lot of these things. It's not like some. It's not like a city was cursed. The, yeah. the Browns have historically had ter- They've made terrible decision after terrible decision. Mm-hmm. The Lions have historically. I think it's the worst run franchise ever. But. I don't even know. I can't even point to a decision though. They didn't trade for Jay Cutler. They drafted Matthew Stafford. Yeah, but say what you want about Jay Cutler, and obviously I'm biased as a Packer fan. He's a decent quarterback. Physically? Look, he's not... They've been a middling pe- uh, middling team with if. him. There are worse... Like, look, there are half the league... I don't know about half. Okay. There's a lot of the league that would love Jay Cutler as their quarterback. I'll put it that way. Now, what league are we talking about? Are we talking about the Arena League? Or are we talking about... <laughs> Like oh, Wee Like Pop Warner leagues. Look, Jay Cutler is my favorite player to hate. I hate him more than any any player in the NFL. Oh, how can you hate him? Because he's got the most punchable face. He's just a whiny little douche. He's on the Bears. I mean, obviously, I hate the man, but I, I kind of love, love to hate Jay Cutler. Him. I.
1: Oh, because he's,
0: he is, like, continued success And he the needs Packers. to always play for the Bears, yes. Okay, <laughs> all right, that's fair, that's fair. Yes, I love Jay Cutler because I'm a Packers He's like fan. our 12th that's man. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you know how Seattle's got the, the fans. He's yeah, like the 12th man. man. We he's should, like, our... retire Jay Cutler's number. Retire his jersey, yeah. absolutely. Just be like, for uh, all the interceptions you gave us. So, organizationally... A bad organization does bad things because they're a bad organization. And it comes to like ownership generally being smart enough to stay out of the way by like, hiring smart people, like either smart football people, smart basketball people. Well, you can look at it in any sport too: basketball, football, baseball. Baseball. I mean, there is. It's not a coincidence to me that there are a team in baseball. You got the Cardinals and the Giants. In basketball, you got you know historically speaking, and this is before this kid took over the lakers the celtics uh (laughs) buzz yeah i know this kid sucks but i mean there's there's teams that have historically done so well in in football you got the patriots obviously recently you know i think i think two of the best franchises are the the giants and the, the Steelers, who i can't really stand but they've had the same owners historically for a long time you know uh i think the packers as of late have rebooted since the you know late 80s, early 90s, and really turned into one of the premier uh franchises in the NFL and that's top that's top down. That's not because we've gotten I mean obviously it comes with luck with some stuff like having FARV to Aaron Rodgers, but we are a well-run franchise. We have smart people making smart decisions. <clears throat> we draft well. We make pragmatic cuts. I mean I think it's it's we don't give bad contracts. I think a big part of it is we don't have some douchey owner yeah. who like gets really excited and gets a big heart on for like some exciting player and wants to throw we don't an have Dan $80 million Snyder. offer sheet at that player. Yeah, we don't have Dan Snyder. I, I also think that it's no accident that the Raiders are starting to now turn things around no, now that they're... Al Davis is dead. Yes. As sad as that is to say... And his two-buck haircut son is running things and I think that he's doing a better t- I, Al Davis did some great things in his lifetime like what well he took you go on, back to the 70s well yeah he, well, they won a bunch of Super Bowls on there and yeah go, I'm going way back but I I'm trying to be interested he did to some know... important things for the NFL he uh, you know took on them legally in some cases he did some great that uh, you know the Super Bowls he did some important things but he, there's no doubt that the Raiders have for the last I don't know, since 2002, been the laughing stock. I mean, they were in a Super Bowl in 2002, and they have been a joke since then. The thing that strikes me about that Super Bowl is that they traded their coach. (laughs) And then that coach went to a new team and proceeded to beat them! I know. It's pretty crazy, actually. It should be talked about more often. Kind of crazy. You don't see the coach trades much. Much? uh, I can think of one other example in any major sport that I know of. Is it? I can't even think of it. Doc. Oh, yeah. Doc Rivers was essentially traded. Not essentially. I think he was straight up traded. I think he forced a trade, but yeah. That would make sense. Yeah. No, but you're right. It it doesn't happen much. I remember there was a couple years ago, there was rumors about Jim Harbaugh getting traded, and I wanted it to happen so badly. Just because I wanted to see it happen. Like I didn't even care who he went to. I just was like, man, I haven't seen a coach trade. I'd love and to you see just it. wanted to see him, like Jim or John? Jim, because you know the, all this stuff with the how the. Like owner just and GM... you just wanted to see him go to a new team and spitting on the field and stuff. And yeah, because he was on the 49ers and they hated each other. The owners hated Jim Harbaugh and he hated him back. And I remember reading all this stuff but that there was rumors that they were going to, like, trade him to the Browns or something. And I was just like, yeah, I just wanted to see... Talk about a team that got good by accident. Yeah. And it was a shitty organization. And when you... It's kind of a... It's not really a theory. I mean, it's axiomatic that you give give a stupid person a lot of money, they'll find a way to screw it up. You give a stupid organization a good team, they will screw it up. So this actually is an interesting topic because it's no... The 49ers are much like the Lakers. So the Lakers, great owner Jerry uh, Jerry Bus in his heyday or whatever, now. hands it over to is it Jim Jim Bus or Jerry Bus. His son is Jim, whichever one it was. The great owner for a long time had a lot of success. His son takes over, spoiled little rich kid, doesn't. the The franchise kind of goes to shit. It kind of happened with the 49ers. Yeah, the 49ers, uh, the Bartolatos or whatever the fuck their name is. I'm just thinking because we live in Milwaukee, <laughs> but uh, the Bartolos or whatever, mm-hmm. they handed the reins over to his stepson, and it's gone to shit ever since. He's the one that didn't get along with Jim Harbaugh. So this is something that happens, which I find interesting, when you have, like, a great owner hand the reins over to someone new who, you know, was raised, the, the, the spoiled rich kid syndrome or whatever, you know? yeah. I think that's a real thing. I don't think it's good to be born with too much money. I don't think it it's necessarily I don't think it's a bad a good, thing, but you gotta have. Well, a, certainly not. Nothing's necessary. Yeah. You can people do well out of any situation, but I mean just psychologically and who you are, like you have way too much opportunity to do really stupid things mm-hmm. that most of us grew up and just it was never an option. Yeah. They never they never had to learn certain lessons. So I don't know what that has to do with um, shitty organizations. Yeah. No, I mean, in general, I just, any of I think these teams... t- what I was trying to say was I feel like there's a tide changing from some of the historically great run organizations. I don't know if that'll be the case moving forward for the next 20 years. Like, I don't know if, you know, everyone always assumed for the longest time that the Lakers are going to always be the Lakers. I don't know if that's the case. I think it comes down to organizational leadership. You don't think that Timothy Mozgov and Luol Deng are going to return them to greatness in 2016? I mean, they could. They could. You might. You might live up to that contract. Who so does? when you say that they could, what I'm hearing is that they can't. No, they can't, and they won't. They never will. They're no, terrible. No, Timothy, no. dude, good on him. What is? Yeah, good for him. <laughs> he made money. He made good more money than I'm ever going to see in my you lifetime. Got paid. Just living the American dream, man. And. All four guys coming over here from wherever, getting to live the American dream and fleecing the Lakers. (laughs) Now if we can have some more teams fleece Detroit, Indiana, Cleveland. Yeah, that'd be nice. That would help out. That I mean I think that is one big problem that the Bucks have. They don't get to have the Detroit Lions. They have the Detroit Pistons. They don't get to have the Chicago Bears. They have the Chicago Bulls. Yeah. In their division. It's a little different. It is. They're not run completely idiotic, idiotically. I'm actually, I'm not sure about that. The Chicago Bulls may be just totally insane. I was gonna say, I, I don't know if the Bulls are gold standards of how their organization. You asked me how many games the Bucks are gonna win, and I didn't answer in. You didn't. We also didn't finish. Our how playoffs, many games do you see the Bulls winning this year? I don't know how many games the Bulls are gonna win, but I can tell you, there's two teams. That I will watch on TV. Like if there is a Chicago Bulls. That is New, New York. most Barack Obama answer I've ever heard in my life. Okay, well, and we'll get I'm right. going to answer we'll, your question. We'll but I think the Bucks are going to win between 43 and 48 games. How okay, many wins? 43 and between 43 and 48. Barring major injury, abnormal injury so problems. If, if, if you were, if game, you have injury issues like they had this last year, anything to happen. If you were a gambler and the over/under was 48, would you go over or under? Well, I said that was the high bark of what I'm going to guess. I would guess under. The interesting thing is if the over-under was 45, what would I guess? Probably under. I mean, I'm thinking 43-44. That's what I'm seeing from this team right now. Unless they move Greg Monroe. That puts him at what? Like a five seed? In the East now? Like, so two years ago it would. Now, next year, so might there's six. too many good teams these now. I don't know. There's a I'm not a, that I'm that not an that, Indiana believer, but I think, believer, but I think that they're going to win more than 43 games. There's a couple teams that were in the playoffs last year. I mean, I think I think Atlanta's going to not be a great team next year. I mean, who knows what? So Charlotte... That's a very interesting point. Who knows, um, Charlotte? So let's be. talk about. I hate Charlotte. Yeah. I hate Charlotte. Why? I think that I just. It all goes back to being a kid in grade school, and just and seeing those stupid backpacks (laughs) with the blue hornet on it, and they were so cool. They were the coolest thing in the in the world. And blue is my favorite color, and I thought they were the stupidest looking thing in the universe, and I couldn't understand why people had them. I thought they had a. I didn't know anything about the NBA. Apparently, I'm allergic to blue as well. Yeah, didn't know it, but I don't know. I it's just something about, about it. it. I used to love those logos. I know. They were great. And for whatever reason, they rubbed me the wrong way. I couldn't even tell you why. I think this is I don't know. I think cause... I liked them just because I used to play them in uh, NBA Jam sometimes. Wow. It was like Kevin uh, Johnson or whatever that guy's name was. The guy in the Hornets that was awesome. Larry Johnson? Larry Johnson, that's what I'm going to say. He was like a first overall pick in the early 90s, wasn't he? Yeah, he was one of those guys that was... Awesome for a couple of years. He, he was in fucking like Space Jam. A super undersized <laughs> power forward. He was in Space Jam. That's how big of a deal he was. So it, it should be disclosed at this time that Ben is currently wearing oh, yeah. a Space <laughs> Jam jersey. <laughs> I didn't even. To switch things way. up from the last. Besides the last time I saw him, but several times before that where he was wearing every time a Jabari Parker jersey. Yeah, I like basketball jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> it's hot in the summer. I think that it was not that hot to start out the first few times. But getting back, like, besides Larry Johnson, the Hornets, the Hornets, I'm not seeing it. No.
1: Like, uh, there's that, no way. That, that, Michael
0: kidd Gilchrist is not a great player in my book. No. I don't think he's going to. <laughs> but, again, that takes out some teams right there. Man, I'm just I'm not feeling the Hornets. I don't think they're going to do it. My, my um, dream for the NBA would be within the next, like, three or four years to see a Bucks timberwolves finals. I think that would be the coolest. I don't think it will happen. So the primes of our best players are going to match exactly up. Wouldn't that be awesome if we had, like, a Wisconsin-Minnesota, like, the next Celtics-Boston rivalry? Just, like, back-to-back-to-back finals was Minnesota and Wisconsin. The rest of the country would hate it, but I would love it. Adam Silver would probably have to do something about it. <laughs> but I think I think it'd be really fun. It'd be a little bit of a brotherly rivalry, yeah. like we pretend to hate each other and really don't. Yeah. We want to beat each other we pretend to want to crush each other, but like we're just super excited that it's happening at all, all about that. I think that, that would be super just cool the Midwest as well. Renaissance. But I answered your question. How many games are the Bulls going to win? Give me like okay. a give me like a 4 or 5 game range. All right, and I won't give you, as you called it so eloquently, a Barack Obama answer. Mm. Which we'll get into politics in a bit, but uh, I don't know. I, I would say, I don't think the Bulls are going to be that good, I don't know, 35, 40. Between 35 and 40? Yeah, I'll say 35 to 40. So you're not that far off from where I am. See, people we... think they're going to win 50 games. No, I, I don't think it's going to work. People you don't think, think the the shiny things phenomenon. As, how is was uh, Ron, Rondo and D Wade can't shoot? Like, oh, how does that work? The how thi- does that work? Butler can shoot, but he's not a real good shooter. That's not his game to shoot threes. He shot two years ago, I think, like 38% on not that high of volume. I just don't know. How it's his work. volume last year was lower, and he shot what 31%. He's not a good three point shooter. It'll be a fun team to watch. I think it'll be. What I was trying to say before, I think it's before be a you said beautiful team to watch." See, what I was gonna say before was like, if the Knicks and the Bulls are playing, those are two teams that, like, I don't know how good they're gonna be, but I feel like there'll be moments of entertainment that, like, if they were playing each other, I'd watch that game. There's so many fucking names on both of them.
1: Like, I'm, mean, not, I'm not saying it'll
0: be like all clean of the basketball. jerseys. I can confirm that all of the jerseys will have names on the back of them. That is the one thing I am absolutely certain of. And I also believe that when those two teams play each other, there's going to be a lot of people from Chicago watching the games. There's going to be a lot of people from New York watching games, and, this and guy. that's about it. And this guy. And you'll be over there streaming them because they're yep. not going to be on ESPN. They're not going to be on you're anything my, else. You're going to be finding. Looney to you're going to be going to a bar that has WGN so you can pull up the game, and that's going to be about it. That's fine. I'm cool with that. Those two teams are going to be terrible. I think that your low end is my high end. I'm going thirty to thirty-five. So you're saying neither of them playoffs? Because I could see the Knicks making the playoffs this year. So like again, I think the Knicks will be okay. Who's better, Bulls or Knicks? In the D League? No. Okay. Yeah, I know. How? I know how are the Knicks are... going to be any good? How can you? How? How? Well, a lot of it obviously depends. Well, on... Noah has to return to being a defense a top. He has to be decent, defensive, and player. obviously Derrick Rose has to be not injured the whole season. And I'm look, I'm not a, a, a D-Rose supporter or something. Like that. I think he's good. It's over. It's not good. It's over. I think he can be decent. I think Kristaps is very good. I think Carmelo's Carmelo. I just think in the East, look, when I say a playoff team, I don't think games. that's saying a whole lot. The fact that I think the Knicks could be a 7 or 8 seed is not saying a whole lot. It's too many good teams in the East. I hate I hate the Bobcats. So they're better than New York. When you say the Bobcats, do you mean the Hornets? Because there is nobody. Oh, wow, I just did that. Did that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, the a times. I've done it a couple times. The Bobcats, times. which are now the Pelicans, and the Hornets, which are New Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Absolutely. Like they're terrible. Like no, absolutely not. All right. So hold on. We got teams that are going to make it. Uh, Cleveland. Okay. So yeah, no, number one, my number one, Cleveland. Cleveland Boston, Toronto will probably make it again. Boston's think, my number three. Who's your number two? Toronto. Boston. All right. I mean, yeah. I mean, Toronto's my number three. Oh, Barely. Boston's they're, two. they're dropping. They're dropping Yeah, I think fast. they're dropping two, but they're a playoff team. Gosh. So those three, I, just, I think Indiana I hate will make Toronto. it. Yeah, I'm not. Whatever. I think De, I think Derozan's good. I just don't think they're, they're not a title team, but they're gonna get in the playoffs. I think Indiana's gonna make it. That's four. Paul George is good, man. I like Paul George. He is a good player. He's healthy. I'm not a believer in Indiana, but losing Frank Vogel. I'll be curious to see that's the That's going to hurt him. The heat. I don't know what they'll be next I will be, be worse than the Bulls. It really depends on, I think, if Bosh is back. He seems convinced that he's going to come back, but I don't know. Not that good of a player. Oh, I like Bosh, man. I like Bosh a lot. I liked him a lot in Toronto, but I like Bosh. If Bosh comes back, I think they're a playoff team. I think they could be a playoff team regardless but. How good okay, well that raises a question, how good can a team be if Bosch is their number one? Because he comes back and is healthy, he is their number one guy. Yeah. I don't know, I think Bosch is pretty good. I'm not saying he's like, you know, LeBron or something like that. How good was Toronto ever when he was there and the number one guy? Yeah. I don't know, man. That's they like... had some other good pieces, but he was the number one guy shooting a lot of long twos. He had some really good dreadlocks as far as dreadlocks yeah, go. How, how good he had no supporting pieces then. They had some decent players. <laughs> name one. Sonny Weems. Damn it! I, I, you just called my bluff. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't even good. I, I didn't even think like that you'd Weems. have a name because I didn't. <clears throat> they had. I mean, they had Davis, Ed Davis, for a <laughs> while back then. They had. That was back when he had long hair. He to get a raptor, yeah. an actual raptor, do the animal. He was he was really good then. Um, he's not as good of a player anymore. Uh, he's gotten better at some things. He's better. He's a better rim protector, but he can actually shoot the three now. He could be a true stretch five if he wants to. But he's their best player, and he's a good player. He's not that good of a player. All right. So Goran Dragic. So nice player. But as your know, if he's your second best player. Well, on Hassan Whiteside, who who knows how good he'll be next year, but. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I don't I mean, understand Justice, what's Justice, on light side. Justice Winslow. I'm calling him. I think Justice is good. He's a good defender. What else is he gonna do? All I'm saying is, okay, we've named four teams that are going to make it. Do you want to count the Bucks? Because that's those teams. Okay, I don't like Indiana, but but I will put the I'll slot them at four. You don't have to slot them at four, but you slot them slot them in the top eight. Oh, absolutely, they're a playoff team. Okay, so that's four playoff. I'm not screw order. So that's four. I'm going to put the Bucks in there because I think they're going to get it. So I, think be, I think the Bucks are going to make it. So that's five. I think the Heat will make it. That's six. Oh, man. You, okay, so you say the Heat. So this is like the first disagreement. I think they're definitely not in the playoffs. Well, then usual. you have to prove to me what are the other teams that – Detroit. Oh, Detroit. Yeah, I would say Detroit. Um, I don't like Charlotte, but they'll sneak into the playoffs. See, I might take the Knicks over Charlotte. The Knicks are going to be, like, the third or fourth worst team in the East. All right. I, I, think the, I think the Knicks will be okay next year. I don't think that they're a serious contender. I don't think that they're a great team, but I think that they'll be good enough to get the seventh or eighth seed. You can't put a bunch of Chalkers that don't win games. Yeah, but we're having, the we're having have difficulty filling up eight spots in the East. <clears throat> I'm still I'm still arguing with you about the Knicks. I haven't. Okay, well, give me give me your other possibilities, and then we can fill it in. Do you think Orlando has a shot? I think they've totally screwed themselves, Which but like, they might. Sergio Ibaka is going to come in there and just light it up. I don't think that that's going to happen. Mario Hazonia is going to have like the room to be what he is, and I think he might be a really good player maybe anything's possible. I I don't think so. I, I don't see them being better than they were last year. I don't think losing Oladipo for Serge Ibaka is like, I don't, like, I like Sergio Ibaka in some, I think he's a good role player. Like, he's one of those guys that I feel like can be good on a team. I think he was good on the Sun Thunder. and certain, Like, he had a couple good games in the playoffs. Like, he had some really good games. But he's not going to be the guy on a team. I mean, what does Orlando have? There's nothing about Orlando that makes me be like, yeah, sail waiting for them. Mario, he's on you. I'm telling you. Okay. I'm telling you. So the question is, that eighth spot, Heat, Knicks, Chicago, obviously not Philadelphia. Obviously not the Nets. I'll be interesting to see how Philadelphia does. Not that I think they're going to be a playoff team next year, but... I have a feeling like they could turn it around. Eight spot. Heat, Knicks, Orlando, or Chicago. Gosh, that's tough. I guess I hate Chicago. I hate the Knicks. I hate the Heat. I think they're it's all going to be terrible. Chicago definitely. One, I big. just, Orlando, I don't. Chicago probably will. You know, they could probably get the 6th, 7th, or 8th. I just, I don't see it working. And honestly, like, I like D-Wade. I've liked his career. I think it's over. Like, I I, he had a good year last it's year. Over. He it's over. He's a Very good year last year for for him. Like he had a for him and his age and all that stuff. Like he had a really good year last year. I just I think it's over, man. And I don't. Rondo is such a freaking wild card. And I he like doesn't shoot the like, three. I like Jimmy Butler a lot. Okay. I just I don't know if it'll work, man. I, I just don't see it working. Ain't gonna work. Isn't I it, will. Chicago is one of the all-time like wild card teams. <clears throat> I will slot the Heat ha. over all these other teams. Ha. I will agree with that one. <laughs> the Knicks are going to be terrible. Chicago is going to be terrible. Okay, well that's right. Yeah. I'm missing two teams. Who are the two teams that I'm forgetting? I've list. I listed out 13 teams in these. I'm missing two. Who am I missing? Did you put Philly in there? Did you well, put, they're going to be obviously like Philly and the Nets are going to be the bottom was, two. Did you put Atlanta? Atlanta. Atlanta. I don't think that Atlanta's going to make it next year. They will make the playoffs next year, okay. but they're going to be not good. I'm going to knock the Heat back out. Absolutely. Thank you, Ben. Right. Thank you for restoring my faith that the Heat point. are not going to make the playoffs. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Or Chicago.
1: What's or the, New York.
0: What's the team we're missing? Who cares? They're he- well, it obviously wasn't a playoff team. Oh, the, the Nets. I got them. Oh, you did? When we know they're not. The, the Nets, Nets and the Sixers are gonna be the two worst teams for sure. I think the Sixers will be I don't know if the Sixers will be the worst. Well they'll be the second worst to the Nets. I don't know. I I wouldn't be shocked if the the Sixers are they're not a playoff team next year, but like I wouldn't be surprised if they're like the fifth I I, I feel like they'll have some Oh you know what I forgot? The Wizards. The Wizards, yeah the, the Wizards are going God. to be better than Charlotte. Yeah. I'm putting them you're, at seven. You're, you're counting on Bradley Beal though, which scares me. Because well, he's, The only thing he's proven that he can do consistently is wear a suit on the sidelines. That's what I was going to say. Is that dude ever not hurt? Okay. So, like, recapping my topic, like, we kind of agree on the top six. Cleveland, Boston, Toronto. Like, those are the clear-cut top three with Toronto's not going to be great for real long. I think Kyle Lowry's not going to have a season like he did last year ever again. And DeMar DeRozan... As a non-three-point shooter, is like not worth that money. I like DeRozan. I don't like DeRozan. But, like, losing Biombo kind of hurts them. I think they're going to yeah. have trouble inside. Um, Indiana, I have a four, Milwaukee, and then Detroit. And I think that uh, by the way, those I, three I can Milwaukee, swap around almost. I'm optimistic about Milwaukee. I think they could be four. Yes, I think that between Indiana, Milwaukee, and Detroit, that can happen in any order. I wouldn't be... Look, Milwaukee could be anywhere from... I think they're going to be a playoff team next year. They could be anywhere from three to eight. I think three is honestly like a real... Like, obviously, it's a stretch goal, but I think it's a realistic goal. Assuming barring injury, like, I think Boston and Cleveland are probably the two best. But I wouldn't be shocked. Like, if Milwaukee got their shit together... Being a three-seed wouldn't shock me for Milwaukee. I think that they have... Monroe has to be gone. Yes. I think Or you to just some tweaks. don't play him. They need to... They MCW? Need to get the, yeah. Is he on the well, roster in a three-seed?
1: I'm Milwaukee not saying it seed. will happen.
0: I'm just saying I think it's plausible. Like, if, if you play this season ten times, is there a situation where Milwaukee gets the three-seed? Well, if you play the season ten times and Monroe's not on the team, then yes, <laughs> I would say probably two of those ten times that happens. Um, if Monroe is, if Monroe and MCW are on the team the whole year and you're playing them enough to try to maybe raise their trade stocks so you can move them at the deadline, two of those ten times, eh, five of those ten times, Milwaukee's not in the playoffs. My assumption that Milwaukee is in between four and six is very dependent on Monroe not being on the team come opening day or opening night. Very dependent. I think I'm with you. I think, I'm with you. I think if we have MCW on the team and just, like, don't play him much, the team can survive having an unproductive there's MCW. A, I feel like there's a role for it. There's a role. I mean, when he's on the floor, you can have him on the floor – With Middleton and Toledovich. and you're going to have a functioning team, you could have Brogdon out there along with him. There you've got three shooters on the floor with him. He can function on the floor with three shooters. That's a role that he can play. But here's the thing. Tyler Ennis could play that role. If you get anything for him, you do it. Just because I want to throw his name out there, just because I feel like I don't think we've said his name. What are, you, what are your thoughts on Henson? Uh, I want him to play 24 minutes a game, and okay. I want Plumlee to play 24 minutes a game. Okay, good, because I, I like Henson. <clears throat> yeah, so... I'm not saying that they're stuck. Some people really, really hate Henson. I know. And I want to buy those people Henson jerseys. I'm trying to work out the deal. Apparently nobody makes them, which makes me sad. You gotta do you could just get the custom ones. You gotta do the full custom. Yeah. Not paying for it. That's okay. Not spending that kind of money. <clears throat> so we're we're pretty much in agreement there. My seven and eight for the playoffs are the Wizards and Atlanta. And you want to say? Do you think either you th- you don't think either of those make the playoffs? I think when we're talking about seventh and eighth. Seed And this is something that I'm sure I'll probably get laughed at at the end of the season, being like, wow, that was a dumb choice. I just for some reason think the Wizards and the Knicks will be better next year. And some of these other teams... The Wizards and the Knicks. Those are my seven and eight seeds. So we're agreeing on seven even. So I my eight's Atlanta, yours is New York. And I think I'm leaving Chicago out of there, right? I mean, that would be... Yeah, that's eight. And that's... I don't think most people. I, I just don't see that working. I just really do not. I think Chicago is going to be a shit show next year. Like I don't. I don't think. Uh, what the fuck's his name? Um, starts with an H. Hoiberg. Fred Hoiberg. Yeah, Fred Hoiberg. I don't it's think not that. not an NBA coach yet. No, he's not a great coach. I I think they have names and they have athletic players and they have like <clears> talent <throat> on their team. I just don't see how it works. Like, this goes back to what I was talking about earlier, where I think chemistry is a real thing in the NBA, and I just don't see how this shit's going to It's matter. hypercritical. It's one of those things that, in the NBA, Greg Popovich figured out a long time ago. Yeah. And he has just molested the rest of the NBA by taking guys that aren't that great... <laughs> but have one or two lead skills and putting them in a position where they can maximize maximizing those their, skills Yeah, they're, you and not be allowing them to be put in positions where they get exposed. What other roster does Matt Bonner go on and be a productive rotation player? I just remember a couple years ago when everybody was freaking out because they thought it was unfair because Kobe Bryant, Dwight Howard and uh, Steve Nash were on the same team. And they were like, what the hell? Look at this dream team. And I don't even know. In think- what decade? Uh, well, granted, obviously they were. It would all have these, been a dream team ten years before. Oh, it that would have been amazing in their prime. But I remember, like, at the before the season started, everyone was saying like, "This is ridiculous," and I don't even think they made the playoffs that year. They were that bad. Not only did they make the playoffs, they weren't even close to the playoffs. Yeah. Nash played a few games. Kobe Bryant missed most of the season. Yeah, they were. And Dwight Howard obviously was age was fighting a fighting injury, and he's not that. He's not a post player. Yeah, he's a rim protector and a massive just like, slash-and-crash player. Incidentally, he would work really well on the books. Don't Didn't want to pay him. Really I'm, glad to see I'm him so in Atlanta. Glad. I'm glad. Oh, <clears> God, <throat> when we were talking about Atlanta, I completely forgot that Dwight Howard was there now. I still don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Do you think Dennis Schroeder, how are you feeling about him at, as their starting point guard? I don't know. The, the, the Atlanta's always... The Atlanta Hawks are, to me, like the Atlanta Falcons. Like, they're the ultimate good, not great team. Which, in basketball. That won 60 games two years ago. I know, but nobody, when they won 60 They're games, the worst 60-win team I've ever nobody seen. Nobody thought they were winning the title when they won 60 games. Yeah, awesome. Uh, regular season, good for you. You were the They were the one seed, weren't they? I think they were the one seed in the East. Yes. And nobody picked them. Because everybody knew that they didn't have the talent to get by there. And in the NBA, being that middling team is the worst place you can be. because The treadmill. Yeah, you're the treadmill where you're never good enough to get a great draft pick, where you're not going to pick up the next LeBron or you know, whether Ben Simmons works out or whatever. <clears throat> Even house. if I don't pile up a bunch of championships, if I'm that team that's wins between 50 and 60 games consistently... That's a good track record. Take Denver for up until the last few years for a long time, like the whole the George Carl era at Denver. They didn't win any championships. They didn't win many playoff series at well, all. For a small market team, yeah, I guess. Like but they think. won mid-50s consistently. I think there's something to that. I mean, Carmelo Anthony, I think, it's a garbage player. He's a chucker. He's going to put up stats. I think, like, we talk about Blake Griffin being a guy who fills up the the box score and doesn't help you win games. Carmelo Anthony doesn't help you win games. Now we're almost talking philosophically when you're looking at a team, what's a success to you. Because you're talking about 50-60 wins, you know, like if you're perennial 50-60, obviously 60 wins would be great. Let's just say, like, perennially you are 50 wins, but... You know, maybe now and again you'll win a playoff series, but you never are a real contender. That's a win for some teams. Because at some point something's gonna happen. Dallas Mavericks in what 2011? They won a championship. Yeah, but they and they were that team for all of Dirk's career. And you're just you're there. You're not like you're not cheating and getting like you're not you're not LeBron and cheating and just crowding a bunch of players at Miami. See, You're diff- not Golden State, which I think is going to be a hot take. You're not Golden State going and getting Kevin Durant right now, only to, I think, not be as good as you were last year. See, that's the difference, though, with with Dallas, though, is they had Dirk. Because I think Dirk is one of the top – I don't know. I'd have to probably go back and look at this, but top 30 players of all time. I mean, Dirk is awesome. Oh, well, awesome. that's safe. If you look at power forwards, where is he? Uh, I mean, Duncan's number one. Yeah. He's the best he's the best European player ever. Uh, well, okay, yeah. I mean, that's not saying I mean that's saying something now, kinda. This goes back to we got we got sidetracked so long ago when you we were asking about why it's so popular the NBA versus the NFL.
1: But I don't know. Uh Power forward. Well, yeah, might we even, actually bring in the players he's, he's and probably they can be in really the top good.
0: five. I mean Dirk, Dirk Dirk is awesome. I love everything about Dirk. He is a I think top five is pretty safe. Yeah. I mean, I think he's higher than five. So, I mean, he's definitely in the top yeah, five, yeah. but he's not five. I can't he's, rattle him off the top of my head. But, I mean, Dirk is He's a, between an two amazing and five. Career. He's been – I was so happy. Like I told you, I love LeBron. I was so happy that Dirk won that ring. I wanted him to get a ring so bad. Is better than Barkley? See, I have him behind Barkley at three. I like think that's fair. You know, I, except that's it's like funny because IQ Bar- is maybe. Barclay Barclay always or... is defending the people that never got any rings, and I actually agree with him on that. You know, the whole idea of rings doesn't make you great. I think there's a lot of situations where people were in ideal situations and they got a couple titles, where you know, whether it's coaching or teammates or whatever, like. I think Barkley was amazing, and he never got a ring. There's a lot of athletes, whether it's basketball, football, baseball, that were amazing at what they do, and they don't get the credit that they get because they never got a championship. I mean, there's too much of a focus on it. It's a team game. It's not an individual game. You yeah. can't judge an individual career on it. It's almost – it's not irrelevant.
1: No, it's I mean, not it's irrelevant. It's a
0: factor. It's not irrelevant. I'm just saying – But, I mean, It doesn't whatever. take away from Barkley how good he was. Are you going to be, like, super hyped on Trent Dilfer
1: because no. he won Super Bowls?
0: <laughs> exactly. Is it's Trent Dilfer not, better than It's a Dame team Maria. game. Yeah. It's a it's prime, perfect example. Yeah. It's a team game. They're all team games. The NBA, since it's, there's only five players on the field or on the court at one time, it's a little bit more important to have one spectacular player. Like, any given player is about as important as a quarterback in football. Because in football, you're one of 22 guys. In the NBA, you're one you're of five guys in the court 50, 50, at any, at any time. Yeah. But yeah. there's like, between your offense and defense, there's, that's made up of 22 yeah. guys. And so, they're going to so. rotate in and out. NBA, offense and defense are the same players. It's one of five guys. They rotate in and out. You know one thing, and we don't need to stay on it, but one thing that I always loved about Charles is I think he averaged in his career somewhere like 10 to 13 rebounds a game. The round mound of rebound. Yeah, he's the round mound of rebounds. And he's like like six four. I don't listen to six six. I don't understand why that doesn't like. How the hell does Dwight Howard not get that many rebounds a game? That's three a quarter. That's not that many. Like I feel like there should be some of these centers in the NBA should be getting more rebounds than they get. And I don't fully understand why that doesn't happen because that's their. I would argue their number one job. Rebounding I will I will I'll venture that rebounding is a, a team stat. It is not a great individual stat. Because in order for one guy to get a rebound, two or three other guys have to be boxing their men. Yeah, but it doesn't if you got four guys dancing around on the perimeter playing around looking at cheerleaders. And then one super great rebounder, and you throw him under the rim every single time, he's not going to get many rebounds. But that does attest to, there are certain players, like when you watch clips of, of Barkley, I mean, obviously he was always under the rim and stuff like that, and he was playing defense down there or whatever. But he was that skillful. He was always he was always in that area, and you could just count on him. He was a fucking amazing boxer out there. Like he, that's what he did. That was what made him so great. Yeah, if he boxed his man, he could beat his man for a rebound almost every time. And I don't know this off the top of my head, but I can guarantee you his team stats for rebounding. Like, he got, like, 10 to 13 rebounds a game. I guarantee you other people that he played with, they probably had phenomenal rebound stats because of how good of a job he did boxing out. And when you're boxing your man really, really well, if there's somebody running around loose... It's really easy to go grab a rebound right in front of that guy that's just boxing the crap out of his guy. It's so easy to do. That's like the I played on shitty teams, and I was, and then I played, and then I was a really shitty player on a good team. For like again, you know, like regarding who we played against in high school, and it happened all the time. Like What's we happening? had we had guys that didn't probably get that many rebounds, but they were, and they weren't even very big. But they would box their guy so well, like the, the shot goes up there near the basket. By the time, the like within that second and a half for the ball to get to the rim, bounce up, their guy is boxed out, now pushed out past the free throw line. Yeah. That guy is not getting a rebound. Yeah. That guy is not putting up any kind of sexy statistics. But some other guy is going to go and swoop it in, grab that rebound, and that's usually the guy who puts up a lot of numbers. Barkley did both things he did the work he chopped the wood and he carried the water yeah I, mean, I think he what career average like 15 to 20 points a game I mean yeah that's outstanding but you can't tell me that Bill Russell for stretches where he was getting insane amounts of rebounds and he was just that much better of a rebounder he had a team uh, that was boxing out they were doing it right and he was the guy true, he was the guy whose job such a different time. He was the guy whose job it was to grab the rebound. Everybody else was boxing their man and making sure that he just had to beat one guy to get the rebound, and he could do that consistently. Yeah. All right, that's fair. I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense, and probably there's a bunch of basketball coaches, like, screaming at me right now. No, no, no. I, I, I think I agree with the sentiment of what you're saying. I just, uh, when it comes down what, to if a basketball coach ever listened to this? Yeah, I know. Well, you know If someone's listening to this, I'm happy. <laughs> if someone's made it this far in the podcast, we got to be at what, like an hour and something? An hour and fifteen minutes. Yeah. Should, so, we, should we make a transition from basketball to? I want to do some hot takes. All right, hot takes on yes. some like interesting stuff, right. like 10 seconds, right. ten seconds or less. All right, ten seconds or less, hit me, and then we should. We Kevin Durant at Golden State. Uh, don't blame him. Think he's a pussy. Is 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 Golden State going to be as good as they were last year? No. Uh, well, depends. Where they're not going to win. They're not going to win seventy three games. Come the end of February, so right the after title. the trade deadline. Where is Russell Westbrook? Uh, God, I want to see Celtics. I I think realistically, probably OKC. Okay, wait, you, you, said you said trade deadline? deadline or next? No, when the season starts. Coming right after the trade deadline. So oh, whether, right after the trade deadline. Whether it happens uh, before okay, the season uh, starts. Uh, sorry, uh, Boston. You think that's where? Yeah, I would. I mean, I would get super excited.
1: I think think it'll be all about that. I don't
0: think that he'll get traded before the season started, but I think he'll get traded. I think they'll be smart unless they could figure out some commitment from him. I think they'd be smart to trade him. Kobe or Duncan? Duncan. (laughs) Really? Yeah. uh, Well, what's the question? Better player? Better teammate? Better all-around career? What's What's the question? I was really hoping you'd say Kobe so I could argue with you. Okay. Well, Duncan, what, all the way. What's your question? Kobe or Duncan? It doesn't matter what. Uh, I'll take. I mean, the I'll only way Duncan. to give Kobe is like who's the better, like, shiny thing for people, for really not intelligent people to get excited about. i think take Duncan. Either. But if you're trying to win games and you're trying to build a roster and, like, you don't have to bit, put great but good players around him I, I and win championships and be consistently one, good forever, Tim Duncan. I can barely think of a negative for Tim Duncan. I can think of negatives for Kobe. Well, marketing. Marketing is a major That's negative not what for I care Tim Duncan. I think about basketball money. It's about making money, man. You know what? It's yeah, 50% I, about winning games I think the Spurs and 50% are doing, about money. I think the Spurs are doing just as fine as the Lakers, you know? There's no way that's true. I'm not saying they're making as much money. Oh, focus. okay. I'm saying they're doing fine. I would rather be the Spurs than be the Lakers. I would agree. Over the and last, you know what? Looking forward, 20, thirty years. Moving forward, I I think the Spurs probably have a brighter outlook than the Lakers. How many games did the Spurs win this year? What well, they did? 68 last year. Uh, 67. 67. One of the all-time second-best teams in the league. Not one of. Probably the best second-best Where do team? they sit all the time? Is that the fourth-best record in yeah, league history? Like and they uh, weren't even the best? I don't think Duncan leaving hurts them. Duncan had some great times, but, or great games last year, but he had more bad games than good. It hurts locker room-wise more than anything. Yeah, I mean, he was essentially a second coach. But the fact that you have Greg, Pop- Greg Popovich makes that... I- ironically, relevant. though, with that with that organization, would it shock you if, like... Duncan isn't like involved somehow next year, <laughs> you know what I mean? As an assistant coach, no, nah, I'm not even saying that, whatever. Uh, I doubt that'll probably be the case, but what I'm saying is the culture I think remains the same. I don't think Duncan leaving, like, I think that cult this, this is why I respect the Spurs so much. I think their culture is so strong. I bet that they, they won't be 68 because I think that's hard to repeat. I don't know, I'd probably go in the 60s though. 60, you think they'll win 60? Yeah. I think they're a really good team. They are. I think Kawhi Leonard, to me, is the third best player in the league. I put him even ahead of Westbrook. Is there, is I put there, Westbrook is two at four. Curry? Two is correct. yeah. All right, because I'd go LeBron. Well, my number one is obviously Tyler Ennis. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, of course. Yeah, LeBron. John Luehr. John <laughs> Stinking lure. You know how much money he got? Too much. Yeah. Actually, I, no, I don't know how much money he got. I, think, I heard some references to his deal, and I didn't... I, yeah, I think uh, he got something like $6 million a year or something like that. And which, we gave him away for free. Well, we gave him away for nothing. Which, by the way, I'm, I'm okay with. <clears throat> I, I don't think he's that good. I just like him as a former Badger. But I just think it's... <clears throat> this is what I'm talking about. It's insane in this culture, the, the amount of money people are getting paid. I think he's a poor he's a more athletic version of Teletovich, but not as good of a three point shooter. I don't think John Lakers think good. He's an athletic three baller. Whatever, we're getting off topic. Okay, yes. Hot uh, takes. What was How the, long before the Lakers go back to well we already covered. You you answered the question. The Spurs. Um I said I said sixty three, I think. Okay, sixty three. Yeah, sixty three. I'm gonna say fifty eight. I don't know if they're gonna win sixty That's games. Probably. I think 58 to 63 is a good. Range. I think there's a high. There's mainly because the rumors that they're going to trade for Greg Monroe that'll cost them between five and eight games, <laughs> and that'll put them around 58. I love how much you hate Greg Monroe. I, I think he's that. a great guy. I love that. I love that he's. he's a great fan. I love that as much of a pariah year. he is, that he isn't. He hasn't become some disgruntled guy. Not become a locker room cancer. He has talent that Bruce. is undeniable. He's strong. He can sort of, he can rebound well enough. He has post moves that in 1992 would have been extremely important. It doesn't work. He is a... It's not going to work in San Antonio. He was a, he would have been great in old NBA. It's kind of like what I saw happen to Roy Hibbert about how his game just doesn't translate nowadays. Like, I feel like he... What is Roy Hibbert's game? That Actually, that's a great hot take. What's Roy Hibbert's game? uh being, being seven foot two yeah yeah which in old NBA worked like being a tall guy just kind of worked now being long is more important than being tall you can't just be a big tall guy anymore or not he's not even that big he's just tall that used to kind of work and now he's seven two it's like Henson by comparison is better at being what Roy Hibbert wants to be than Roy Hibbert and Henson's not a great player yeah Henson barefoot is six foot nine and like a quarter or something. Like you said he was, okay, yeah. His arms are insanely long. You want to talk You want to talk about rim protection? I've been saying for a while. Having your head really high off the ground isn't important. It's how high are your fingertips? I was lobbying last year for uh, him to be called, his nickname to be the Muppet because, you know, his last name's Henson and he looks very kind of like a Muppet when his arms are up and flailing and stuff like that. I just think that's a fitting nickname. So instead of John Henson, it should be Jim Henson? Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking last year. When you look at his when you look at his arms when he's like playing defense and stuff, you know when like Kermit the Frog runs away and he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I know that's an outdated reference, but that's what that's what fucking John Henson looked at me when I watched him play defense last year. It was just a weird Kermit the Frog looking motherfucker. How good is Oklahoma City next year? Uh, not as bad as everyone thinks. Um, I don't even know what everyone thinks. I don't either. Well, I don't I mean you, that as really a douchey you, statement. Of how can I say okay, like? so here's I, a, I have no idea. Like I just people. I feel like there's just people have no idea what to even say about them. You're asking two questions. How good are they if they keep Russell Westbrook? And, and is there any kind of him? consensus on them? I don't mm-hmm. even. I think. There, oh yes. Assuming different... okay. Excellent point. If they, keep Russell, they keep Russell Westbrook, what are they? If they keep Russell Westbrook. I think they're a top-five team in the West. I'm not kidding. I think I love Russell Westbrook. And I think that their team, honestly, is pretty good. I, I would love to see him and Oladipo just be insane people on the court at the same time because that's all they do is just hustle, 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 craziness. Uh, I think I loved watching Steven Adams in the playoffs. Steven Adams is great. Love him. Can't believe that dude's 22 because that guy looks like a 40 year old warrior. Like, he looks like a Mon- Mongolian warrior. He's not actually 22. He is the, the lead singer from Three Dog Night, though. <laughs> All right. One is the loneliest number. Fair enough. And um, that's probably Russell Westbrook. Dude, have you ever seen pictures of Stephen Adams, by the way, when he was uh, in college with a clean haircut and no mustache? So, the, the looks- answer to your question is no. Okay, uh, do yourself a favor and Google Stephen Adams when he was, cause he was on Oklahoma City his first year. Oklahoma City? Yeah, that was a little bit uh, Oklahoma I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna write that down. That's good. Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City. I, uh, he looks like a clean-shaven freshman, like just showed up to college orientation, being like, "Hey, where's my backpack?" <laughs> And That's he, outstanding. With the long hair and the and the mustache, he looks like a like a Mongolian warrior. Okay. Is, does Dallas, Dallas make the playoffs? Probably. They'll do the Dallas thing. Where they'll get the seven or eight seed. They won't do anything. Does Memphis make the playoffs? Probably with Conley. Mike Conley contract worth it? Again. What are you gonna do if you're Memphis? I mean, like blow it up and start over. This is, this is going back to your Atlanta uh, Hawks argument of what's a win are they going to be competitive make the playoffs they're not going to win the championship but like, what's you, a win for you because they'll, they'll make the playoffs to me being an, a small market team if I can consistently win between 50 and 60 games that's a win to me because well first off winning 50 to 60 is <laughs> any market would be good. There, for small market, I think it's if you could win 40 to 50 games, you'd be happy. 50 to 60 is awesome. I mean, that's, but if you do that five years in a row and don't win a championship, people start talking about how you haven't won a championship. And I'm not going to get overly excited about that. And we've already covered that. I think that we, for the most part, agree there. Um, and we do need to switch off basketball here. You got to switch off basketball? All right, I think I'm pretty much done with hot takes. So Give me one more. One more? Yeah, hey, give me one more. I like these hot takes. I just, I don't, I feel like we short shrifted Kobe just because I hate Kobe so much. Uh, I have often said that I think Kobe's always been, I go back and forth on Kobe. Like, I agree with you. He annoys me as a player for a long time. The fact that this is going to sound ridiculous because he's won five championships. Him and Shaq should have won five, the two of them. They are. I feel like one of the all. It took them time to build it. Once they were ready to win, they won three. They lost one. Shaq left. They should have won more. I know they won three, but they should have won more. That team was they ridiculous. They won three in a row. Three in a row. They lost one and Shaq left. They went the year the 2001 Lakers went fifth or 16 and one in the playoffs. They lost one game. Yes, the they lost the opening game against Philadelphia. After Philadelphia embarrassed the Bucks in Game 7. Thank you for that yeah. very much. Thank you so much for reminding me of that. Yeah, and that Milwaukee podcast. This is probably a great thing to bring up. All I'm saying is that team was ridiculous. I'm already splitting my they wrists. They could have just fucking got about along. Right they now. could have just got along. They should have won more than three. I'm just saying that pairing, you're talking about two top 20 players of all time. What destroyed that pairing? They hated each other. Kobe's ego destroyed that pairing. Yeah, but... uh. Look, Kobe had the same ego as Michael Jordan about just, like, winning over everything, didn't give a shit about being a nice person, and Shaq wanted to have fun. But Michael Jordan was better. Yeah, he was. He was a lot better. Yeah, he was, but they had the same mentality. Michael Jordan could shoot the most terrible shot selections, fade away 15- to 20-foot jumpers, and be a better than 50% field goal shooter. Look, I know all of what you're saying is right, and I believe me, I'm not a Kobe supporter, but don't dismiss how good Kobe was in his peak. I mean, just comparatively. For most of his career, he was the best two-guard in the league. But that's... Would you... Okay, so are you saying he's not a... Where would you put him all-time? Now his career is over. Oh, number one douche. Okay. The so biggest he, douche. Number one. I can't On even, your list of douches, because there's a lot of douches in there. I can't even. You're skipping over a lot of douches. I can't even. I can't even put him on a list because I can't stand him that much. As like as just as a. Basketball there's a lot player. of people that would put him in top ten. I don't think I would. There's no way he's top ten. Would you put him in top twenty? Yeah, probably. Okay. okay. See, well, okay, top twenty, man. That's, that's a pretty good list to be on. I wouldn't put him above Mailman. I don't put him above Kareem. I don't put him above Will. I don't put him above MJ. See, what's, Hell, no- I don't, what, what's, what's annoying to me is most people put him Duncan, above Duncan. LeBron. That's what I was going to say. None of those people. Most people. Year, like, final year, the farewell tour. Duncan had the greatest farewell tour I shouldn't say the greatest because lots nice. of people as don't you, make you, a big deal. You would want to fight. Comparing Kobe to Tim Duncan, Tim Duncan had the better farewell tour because he didn't make it all about him. All he did is win yeah, that a shitload shit of football. games. It doesn't have anything to do with basketball. It has to do with who they are as a person. You're right. You're totally. And who right. they are as a basketball player is largely determined. By who they Look, are. Look man, I know you wanted me to get all hot take about the Kobe thing, but like I'm with you on yeah, that. Yeah, you don't or like Kobe. Kobe. So this is really unexciting. We both hate Kobe. Great. Yeah. Awesome. All right, moving on. Alright, so I think we're done with, I think we're done with basketball.